If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. All righty. You know what? Uh, pretty excited. It's Christmas month. Merry Ooh, Christmas! This is such a. Good, I love this time of year. Happy are you guys? Holidays. Are you guys festive dudes? Are you guys like? Uh, do you guys get into? I'm it? slowly becoming like, one again. You know, I've got my jingle kids. bells on. I'm kind of <laughs> like I am. I will admit. Jingle so I have. Balls. I have some uh, female tendencies besides just painting my toes. Whoa! The other one Whoa. is Here I. We go. I do love. You wear a bra. Here it comes. I do love to decorate. Oh, okay. sexy lingerie. I Damn do. It. I do. It's just weird. I don't. I haven't. I haven't put my finger on it. What it is that makes me like? But I enjoy. Um, I enjoy getting like the house looking all festive. You know, like we already like literally the day or the kind that the day after Christmas we went and got the tree. The and our all the Christmas stuff is up. Like you come in my house and you feels, drink like you look like you're in the North Pole when you come in my house. Like mm. you guys, are, you guys are just yeah, fake snow and everything. Right away, I'll hand you a, a cup of eggnog if you like. Oh, yeah, yeah you know that's just egg yolk. Nog. There'll always be a little fire that the, the crackling fire log that will be burning inside mm. my fireplace. Oh, very nice. Yeah, no, it's chestnuts the, roasting. There'll always I'll have music always playing in the background of. Justin Beaver's uh, Christmas special. So in the like, spirit of the holiday... Uh, Bieber? Uh, yeah, he said Beaver or Bieber. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the spirit of the holiday, we want to... Not in the spirit of the holiday, Bieber because music. we just talked about Maps Anywhere. Well, we did in this episode. We're yeah, going to talk some, about Maps somebody, Anywhere. Somebody asked a question, we, and we never talked about the poor stepchild. No, and it's a, it's, a, it's the one Maps program that requires no gym access. You do it at home. Um, it's Christmas. We just talked about it on this upcoming episode. Here's what we're going to do. Maps Anywhere for the month of December... 50% off, half off. It's the at-home workout maps, uh, no equipment required, uh, amazing programming. It's very, very unique, a great way to break up your workouts. Now, uh, if you enroll in the RGB bundle, we'll give it to you for free. So again, maps anywhere, 50% off, or enroll in the RGB bundle, which is the nine months of exercise programming, and we'll give you maps anywhere for free. You can find all of this at mindpumpmedia.com. Love it, one of my favorite ones we've done yet. Nah. I think people like us who laugh at horrible like jokes and stuff, w- you know, we're just bad. We're bad people. I think <laughs> that's, that, that's you know what, what I mean? you think. Yeah, you know. Uh, I think no. I'm just kidding. I don't like to. You think know what you that. find? I like to think I'm a decent person. No, you know what you find? So I don't know. This is my own personal observation, which is normally wrong. That uh, that w- when I hang out with, so I've trained lots of uh, surgeons, doctors, uh, strippers. Uh, no strippers. Yeah. I've never trained. I think once I trained. You've a never trained a stripper. We, we talked once. about this. Wow. Um, when I train people, what a waste. She of would moan years. during in, curls. In what particular a waste fields, of fifteen years as a personal no, trainer. No, no. When I train people in, in particular fields, they tend to have like like horrible sense of humor. Was, like doctors and weird. surgeons, people who work in emergency rooms. They laugh about the word, like the shit that you're like, oh my god, I can't believe you're laughing. You've said and, this, and you're like, you say this before. <laughs> and comedians, comedians uh, have yeah. the craziest senses of humor. Like they'll laugh and well, make jokes about. They have to about, go further than everybody else. I don't know. I think I feel like, I feel like that's an exercise. I don't know. I th- there's a shock I value agree. to. I agree to with that. You think so? I agree. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Doug would be the best person to ask that because you got to feel think, everybody out. I would think that would be exactly. I think that would also be like a, a challenging thing. Like uh, we're trying to make you be able to pursue through this joke without. Uh, letting all the um, God, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Being a pussy? No, 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 oh, no. Like, sorry. like, like things that as a society we've we deemed wrong or evil or yeah. don't go there. What yeah. what is that? What is that? Yeah. I'm looking political for? correctness. Uh, yeah, but there's a better word for that. But we'll use that, you know, as a lack of a better word. So. I think that that's the ch- that's the 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 thing that they do is they challenge themselves to go further and yeah. deeper and push those boundaries 
uh, while trying to be funny, right? Like I think that takes it. I think that I want to tackle on dark topics, you know. And I think that if they can, if they can make a horrible, fucked up situation funny, then that's like a total winner. I think. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Laughing is a huge stress reliever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but. I've been in situations where, uh, like, I I, sh- I shouldn't find humor in what's I, like I shouldn't laugh, and uh, maybe because I'm not closely tied to the situation, but for whatever reason, it's like, and I think it's because it's a stress relief. Like I've been at oh, mm-hmm. I practice yep. this. I literally this is a a strategy that I literally practice when I get so like literally like frustrated because of just shit is going wrong and just it seems like just one thing just after make another a joke about it. i literally laugh about it yeah like i'll literally like i'll be so frustrated thing. inside but i'll be looking at katrina and i'll just like burst out laughing and she's like what's so funny i'm like i i'm just dying on how like more this day could not be more fucked up and like more things couldn't go wrong it's just hilarious that it's all happening like this i don't know man it's just yeah I, i'm the worst you have to i think it's you have more to. healthy to do that than rage and, and punch right stuff. because you can't you it's done what's done is done and it's there's certain things that are uh uncontrollables and a lot of the situations like that that happen to us in our life are uncontrollables or things that maybe we could have controlled but they've already happened i should say well i and know so that, you can't do anything about them anymore well but. i know that sense of humor um is closely tied to intelligence um especially in men so they find is that, that really tr- is that really true yeah that it is um that uh, people who can make people laugh and you know have a what you call a good sense of humor tend to be more uh, have better social intelligence um and men in, i would love and, to and see I say men in particular love because, to see those studies because i feel like there's two major camps with with humor and comedy like you either have that oh dude come on you, that, you know how intelligent comedians are well, to be so, able to deliver that's what i mean some yeah. of them are though i feel like there's also this brand or uh, genre of c- comedy that is just like stupid humor right that takes that's just like yeah but as stupid uh, as it but, is it's also could be brilliant get it is done. because can i don't think j- not anybody can get up on a stage or in front of a camera and do something stupid and be funny yeah no you're right although some that's most fair. of the time it just comes across that's as stupid fair. there's de- i mean some of my my favorite uh, comedians i mean you think of like a robin williams type of personality those guys are in george carlin like those are like those guys are very intelligent um you know mm. intelligent joe rogan like these guys are all really smart dudes uh on i think top there's of both you know what i mean i think both yeah, I, are I, good see, i gotta remember dude don't forget you i know, like for stupid two, humor i like two, slapstick stuff i like you know physical comedy but i also like to be challenged and i like to i like people that pursue dark topics that they can make it funny I, I really respect that because if you can make a lot of people laugh about a really uncomfortable thing that like i feel like that's here, a talent here what? let me let, you're 100 correct a sense of humor is something that we evolved over time and there is a difference between men and women generally of course there's individual variances can be massive but on a general basis if you ask women if to rank traits that they find attractive in men sense of humor is almost always one of the top traits. It's like top five. Sometimes it's number one. No, it's true. Many times it's top three. When you ask men that same question, what the, what traits they find attractive in women? Sense of humor doesn't usually fall within all. within the top. I don't five. know any guys that are like my girl's got to be funny. Yeah, no, I just yeah. smart. I enjoy that my girl's is witty and funny, but yeah. it's not like a recommendation. It's re- not and, required. And you know, of course, scientists they have these are theories, but they think that the reason being is a man who has a sense of humor probably held some a higher status in society because of it. We've always valued that, you know. We always place a value on people that can entertain us and make us laugh. In fact, 
kings and queens used to have a court jester for fuck's sake, where you just, that's all your job was to do was to make me laugh. And because and then they of that, would kill him because of that, <laughs> because because of that higher place in society, they're probably more able to provide, you know, uh, resources and all those different things. So women, uh, for a long time, uh, valued that sense of humor. And sense of humor is a form of social intelligence. Being able to make people laugh and people to joke around and break, you know, stre- you know, st- stressful situations down. Uh, that's a that's a talent. That's a talent, and, well, I and it's also you one you find can it's, develop. Pro- it's probably one of the most attractive qualities you find in both men and women, right? Like when I meet somebody, like I it's part of charisma for sure. Y- yeah, right away I'm drawn to a person that you know has humor and wit. You know, especially when it's like quick. You know, yeah. if you yeah. got if you're quick and it's intelligent humor, or like if it catches, if it gets me, sometimes like oh, I didn't even get that. Oh, right. like I didn't even Colbert. Like, dude, that, that guy was, is so quick. That was money that you just came up with that. So now, fast. so now knowing <laughs> that, right? So now knowing that, or or you know, kind of makes sense, right? That intel that uh, sense of humor is a type of intelligence. That the more intelligent someone is in that particular realm, the more abstract they're able to take that sense of humor. Does that make sense? Hmm. So if you're kind of basic. You know, I don't know, for lack of a better term, basic intelligence when it comes to your, your, social, your social intelligence and your sense of humor, then you're only able to go so far with your sense of humor. You're only with your sense of humor. You're only go, able to go so far with your jokes. You're only able to laugh at so many jokes. But the higher your social intelligence, the higher your sense of humor type intelligence is, the more abstract you can take it, the more you can laugh at things mm. that maybe you're not supposed to, or maybe you'll seek more novelty out. And laugh at things you're not supposed to because there's that novelty. Well, that makes a lot of shock factor. That makes a lot of sense because we just recently talked about insecurities and how that influences behaviors and things like that. So I could see that if you have, if you don't have very good self awareness, you have a lot of insecurities that affect your behaviors. You also allow outside sources and people's jokes and things that they say to affect your yeah, emotions like it's going to offend you more. Yeah, like which it doesn't mean like you could yeah. say uh you could pick a you could pick apart my race, you can you can make fun of me in all these different ways and like it won't face me. In fact, I'll probably laugh with you, you know, because yeah. especially if it's really good. Like if you get me and it's really good and it's and even if it's so racist and wrong like inappropriate like politically incorrect if it was intelligently delivered to me, like I yeah, will, I'll yeah. enjoy you know, it. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny too? The, what's funny is that real uh, hateful things are not funny. Like if someone makes says oh, something totally, right? that's yeah. actually and there, it's a hateful and you can kind of you can read it, you and can tell, feel it. Then yeah. it's yeah, then that's not funny at all. It's it's only funay when it's not. It, it's not meant so that there, way. So there's I mean? a okay. Yeah, so there's, there's a no good, where now. It. Where is that? Like uh, the person who's delivering it and the pe- person that's receiving it? Because I feel like that's what the people who who don't find humor and like. So you were just reading an Instagram post that was like totally wrong, but we all laughed, right? And somebody else would read that and be completely offended by it, mm-hmm. but yet we found humor in it. So is it the the you know the person who's delivering it? Are they completely coming out of hate and that we just are- I, I think it, i mean it's a personal thing for me it's very I, it's very difficult for me to get offended um and it, i have to kind of know the person know where it's coming from but it's a personal thing right what i might consider I offensive I, someone I else might I, consider not offensive look there's cultures where you know they you might find a woman who's what wearing, does offend you know you? short shorts offensive and what i'm does, not going what, to what does offend you can you think of something right now that'll what, be offensive to yeah, me yeah yeah what, what would offend you um child molesters well, what? well, wow! I, I hope so. That. Well, you know, <laughs> see now we're laughing about it. Yeah. I, no, I, I think if people make, I, there's definitely, there's definitely jokes or, or or areas that you, if you joke about, like okay, like I'll put it this way, if a horrible murder just happened and you're joking about it, 
it's a little too soon sometimes. If it happened like you know a while ago and you joke about it, then yeah. you know what I'm saying. Then then maybe I can laugh about it. But it's hard to say. I don't well, know. So I'll so know I, it when I see it. Right? I, well, that's why I was asking you because I was while you were sitting there explaining that I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, God, when was the last time that somebody did like yeah. really offend me? Like, what, what do I? What what offends me? And I, and I'm I'm trying to think and then then go further and go like, well, is that because like I think the last time I I felt offended. I think it was a result of my own insecurities. Yeah. You know, okay, so here's a good you know? example. Here's a good example. You're right. Uh, 100% right on that in terms from my opinion. Um, here's a good example of that, right? So, uh, right now uh, recently um, there's a, there's been this debate about because uh, this is something I'm about to say something that is going to trigger some people and other people are going to be like whatever. Um, you've got people burning uh, American flag. It's been happening for a long time, and it's part of their like expression or whatever. Mm. And you've got some people like throw those fuckers in jail, kick them out of the country if they don't like it. And you've got other people like whatever. It's just a you know to them it's not it's their flag. They own it. They can do what they want with it. Just don't take mine off my lawn and do the same thing type of deal. For me, I don't get offended when I see things that don't really they're not doing anything to hurt anybody or myself. And if it's their own property, it's almost impossible for me to get offended. And that's one of those situations. Instead of being offended, I tend to think someone's an idiot. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. someone makes a joke or an opinion, and they're not hurting anybody. They're just saying something. They're not physically injuring someone. They're not you know stealing from someone. They're just whatever. I'll just look. I'm not offended. I'll just be like, well, that's an oh, idiot. Oh, you're not my friend. Yeah, you're you're yeah. just stupid. But you know, say what you're gonna say. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that goes true with jokes or you know, someone can make a comment to me, and I'm you know I'm just like, well, that's an idiot. Yeah, yeah you know, I rec- I'm not offended because them fucking hurts words. It's not I, gonna hurt me. I yeah. recently, the last time I felt offended by somebody, it was because I was undervalued for something. And when I thought about that, like, why am I getting so upset or offended by this? Like, this is just an insecurity that I have. We talked recently on a podcast how, you know, what, what our insecurities are. And, you know, I know that, you know, my uh, intelligence level or what I bring to the table, like, that's has always been something I'm, I feel like I'm always trying to prove myself, you know? And so I know that's my an insecurity. And so then I run into a scenario like this that happened recently where I felt undervalued and I'm and, you know, I'm frustrated inside, which is which is making me want to voice something that I have to catch myself and like step out of it and go, oh, wait a second. You know, should I be really offended about this? Like people are people. They're not. How, why should I expect them to think that way and to process that way? And maybe they are. They're just not like, maybe this is really more about me and my own insecurities. And yeah, like, and I I'm- think it's clear, too. Like, I have to be clear. You know, of course you can be offended. Uh, I, I, I think I'm coming across like, if, you, if you're offended over things like that, you're an idiot. No, no. Of course you have the right to be offended and feel emotions over something. I think when people take it to the next level yeah, where they want to... Ban things that they consider offensive or make laws, you know? It goes back to the intent, like you were kind of uh, getting after as far as like the person that's delivering it. You know whether, like what their intent is and their message is. Like if the person, you can get a sense for, you know, if it's lighthearted or if it's not something that they're they're actually projecting out that they're, I'm trying to hurt you with this message, you know, versus, so somebody that is doing that and they are trying to hurt you, you know, by burning the flag and yeah. it, it strikes home for you, you know, that sucks and you get offended. But at the same time, you, you got to let, you got to let people express it's, themselves. It's a tough thing because well, I, I can, I can completely understand how a situation like that would be offensive to somebody, especially if you are in the military or you've lost people uh, in, in wars. And to me, when I see something like that, it even makes me cringe. But uh, I realize that allowing s- s- 
what people do when they're not hurting anybody and it's their own property or whatever. Affect you, gives affect your power. me. I give them power. It gives you know your I mean? power yeah. away. You, yeah. you lose power when I'm like, you I just that. let that person affect yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, when yeah. I could just turn around and ignore that idiot um, and then just go about, you know, go that's about exactly my what day. I'm saying. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, as, as much as I think in my head or I'm processing that, oh, this is wrong or unfair or whatever, like, you know, I go like, well, allowing myself to get caught up in that and respond to that, you know, is only, it's only giving my power away yeah. like that. So, I mean, and at the same time, like, uh, I, I, I don't, lose no at the what, same time, know? the whole, you know, I'm not a believer that you should keep your mouth shut. Um, if you really feel something and you want to say something, look, you know, we're the first people. If, if, if anybody in the industry says something about us, we tend to get on the show and, and light them up. Wow, um, I, but, that's a good point, though. Talk, okay, so how about the evolution of that as you as you've grown, right? In in just business and in life, right? Uh, learning how to, um, and this is something I feel like a, a skill that I continue to try and sharpen is when that when you do get offended, when you are put in those situations, and you're also somebody who uh, believes in speaking candidly and coming in mm-hmm. full, and like in presenting the raw truth and being straightforward about things. Uh, how do you do that? like in a very crafty, artful way. Like, and I, in you know, I was, I'll never forget my buddy was at the first one, uh, you know, Mark years back that would always like catch me in moments like this because we worked together and he'd say, listen, think desired outcome. Like, what do you, what do you want to happen from this conversation? And what you're about to say or do, is that the best approach to get the desired outcome? I mean, if you're, if you're, if your desired outcome is just to piss the other person off and get into a fight with them, then by all means, voice your opinion like that and say what you're going to say, but know that you're not going to get anywhere. Like you're not going to get that person to do what you want them to do or receive Mm -hmm. it the way you want them to receive it by uh, coming after them, attacking them. So you know that's a that that's definitely a, a skill set that I think is very valuable for uh, everybody to learn and continue to progress in. Is that okay? When moments like this happen, what is my desired outcome? What do I want for the, this person to take from this? And if I want them to get across that them burning the flag or them saying that or undervaluing me or whatever this thing that has offended me, if I want them to feel that, how do I deliver that message? Without turning them off and turning it into a disagreement or argument, and I think that takes a major skill. You know, that's, that's a difficult. Yeah, that's it, difficult. It, it's de- it's definitely. De- I find um, I, I find I, I find I s- asking more questions mm-hmm. opposed yeah. to responding is probing is, them a bit more. Yeah, about. like probing more. Like like for example, like if if something like that, like someone burned the flag and I was offended, like I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, that well, was, what were the steps that led you to this? Exactly. Yeah. Instead of me like saying something like you're a fucking idiot, why would you do something like that? You're ignorant. You you know what I'm saying? And like making a big deal like that, I would like, and that's inside maybe what's going on. I catch my breath and I say, you know, I'm just curious, why would you do that? You know, mm-hmm. what made you choose to do that? Like, okay, and then and then when they answer that, I would go deeper into that question more and really challenge that. And you person. might you might end up just leaving going, okay, they're still an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah, percent. And a lot of times it does happen that. But then a lot of times too you help that person figure that out and go like, wow, that was oh, probably... Wow. what am I really doing here? Yeah, yeah. what am I really doing here? You Maybe I even think about it that Yeah, because you, you can keep asking questions to eventually lead to the question that you really want to ask, which is, well, I you think know, it, did you think that would be... Did you think by doing that you were going to accomplish something or did you think more that, you know what I'm saying? Like really getting them to... Yeah, that kind of brings me to a point too that like I feel like a lot of being offended is just a knee-jerk reaction. It's it's a reaction. You know, that, that, that might be a lot of people's first... Uh, a response, but then they have to like really decide whether or not they are def- 
offended by it. You yeah. know, it's almost like a social thing that like, well, I have to be offended by this, you know? So well, I, I, I feel like it always, I, I, at least I'm trying to think of a situation where it wouldn't. I think it always kind of, it still goes back to the insecurity. Like it goes back to like, and it, it I does. hate to use, I, I'm so, I don't like the idea that you use the flag as yeah. our example. because That's, a, that's a definitely a sensitive one to get to, but fuck yeah, it. it we'll go sensitive. there. So maybe the person, and I'm sure I'm going to offend fucking somebody, but like here, you know, you have to look in yourself sometimes. Maybe it's somebody who who served served for our country and feels like they don't get the respect they deserve, and they people don't do, it. and then they see someone like that go out of their way to disrespect the flag like that, so they fucking get pissed off, which they rightfully have their their right to be able to do that. But then, really, what's causing them to get so angry is the insecurity that they feel that people don't you know value them they're undervalued or they they feel like they uh you know they are always having to tell people that oh i did this you know and nobody gives any respect to veterans or no one does this and then somebody goes out and does something like that and that's just like icing on the cake this motherfucker fuck him you know what i'm saying like but really the the core of it is what you're talking about yeah the core of it if you reach but if you look all the way back what causes you to be so angry about it is that you have an insecurity about something and like i said i hate to use the flag thing because that's a well i mean i mean it apply i feel like it applies to anything right you live in a free society um you have to this just comes with the territory it comes with the territory that people are going to say what they want um and they should be able to and you're going to say what you want back to them and you should be able to nobody should force anybody there shouldn't be force you shouldn't uh, make a law saying you can't say that or you can't destroy your own property or whatever um you shouldn't be able to do that and you got to consider this like the freedom of speech does not exist to protect popular speech like that doesn't need protection. It, it literally exists to protect unpopular speech. So that includes a whole host of shit that nobody, that's a, probably offensive to most people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got KKK rallies, you know what I mean? I know. I, yeah. 99% of Americans see a KKK rally and think, you guys are fucking idiots. Like, what and the fuck? What are you doing? But, the, you know, you have to let that all happen because if you start to block, and you know, then who determines what's. You know, uh, I mean, at some point, what you're going to say that may be unpopular becomes something that the, that we accept later on. It wasn't that long ago, for example, that gay marriage was not uh, supported by most Americans. It wasn't that long ago at all. You go back 30 years, and the vast majority of Americans were vehemently opposed to it, and so it was very unpopular to you know have gay pride parades and stuff like that. But we allowed them, and of course now. Um, you know, popular. It's much more popular yeah, to support it. And it's shifted. Yeah. So you have to allow for free speech, even shitty speech, even stuff that you're just. Most of us are going to look at. Like I said, the KKK rally. Like most of us are looking at that, going, "Well, you're 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 a fucking idiot." Yeah, you're ignorant, right? Uh, but you got to you got to let support their ability to to speak out. And so the whole you know getting offended thing, it's everybody's right to. I I just don't like the whole forcing it. But as far as sense, I don't know how we got here based on sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to yeah. That went down a real sometimes. dark path. Well, no. I think yeah. I, you know, I think it's uh, it was an interesting uh, thought, and I think that it would it took the direction that uh, it, it was stemmed from that. It stemmed yeah. from from humor, and and is humor something that uh, is something too that we use as a front? Are those people really intelligent, and they, do they mean harm when they say shit like that? That is seems inappropriate. Yeah, like, I don't know. You know, is it can it just be funny, and do we have to be offended by it? I mean, there's. I don't know. Let's. Uh, I think we should summon the patriotic <laughs> Quai Eagle. <laughs> oh shit! He has a flag. I love him. being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. 
Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. First up, Lindsay Dove. Can you talk about Maps Anywhere at home workouts? Oh, great. Yeah, we, we, ha- we haven't talked a lot about I the, feel like the po- no equipment. I have a stepchild I feel, yeah, I feel like poor old Maps Anywhere is like the redheaded stepchild in our program, which is really funny because the reason why we created it, because the number one market is at-home training. Like, mm-hmm. that's literally... Uh, yeah, that's what you would start with. Yeah, and I remember what made us do it. I, I, you know, it was an episode way back when, and we were just kind of we were talking shit about all that stuff. We were just like, "Oh my god, these, you know, insanity and P ninety X workouts and these generic high intensity workouts to get shredded in sixty ninety. We were just tearing them apart. As far as they're so gimmicky, and nobody really has a good at home program where like it's actually a thought out program and it's it's ideal. Uh, for most people and and just like any of our other programs we encourage you know flexibility there's a lot of flexibility within it as far as uh, uh, levels so somebody that's uh, much older and isn't uh, super active and go to a gym on a regular basis could most certainly go through it and then the the super intense traveling person that does like that insanity type of workout there's elements of that in there so you know, I, you know the at-home workouts. Uh, when when we look at them, most programs have pretty bad programming to begin with. The whole at-home ones are the worst. Yeah, for sure, absolute worst when it comes to programming. And there's a myth that you can't really get great results uh, without lifting uh, weights or using machines and stuff like that. And it's a myth. You can get phenomenal results mm-hmm. training at home. You just have to have the right programming. You have to have th- things put together properly. You have to phase your workouts mm-hmm. properly. Um, and we incorporated, uh, you know, AMP sessions, which is unique to Maps Anywhere, which are designed to give you the flexibility to take the intensity up as high as you want. Some of these Maps Anywhere AMP sessions and workouts are going to be some of the most intense workouts Very challenging. you've ever done if that's, that was you, if that's your level. Yeah. Um, and the results people have gotten with this, you know, the people who have bought the program and done it are, are phenomenal. I've gone as far as to say a, a Maps Anywhere workout is superior to a, to a regularly programmed gym workout because the programming is, so, is done so well. And you have to consider this when it comes to body weight exercises because Maps Anywhere doesn't utilize any equipment. Um, if you want, you can use a stick and bands with it, but otherwise it's equipment free. Your body provides quite a bit of resistance. You just have to be more creative. Mm-hmm. And some of the best exercises you can do involve no no outside weights. It's all your body right. weight. You're using gravitational forces and, and you're placing your body in specific angles to really up the intensity. Mm-hmm. And it's um, what I like about body weight training, which we never really get into, is just how much more connected I feel in, in, in my movement and in, in the strength in all of my movement. And uh, you just you just really start to understand, uh, you know, your force output and, and, and um, you know, where you are as far as proprioception and just, yes. you know, figuring figuring all these little micro adjustments out. Like you don't you don't really have the, the sort of um, the time to, to really focus on what your body is completely doing in that in that movement. And that's what I love about bodyweight training. And this is something that we definitely incorporated. And then we also intensified it. And we we showed you like really unique ways to to, to add this 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 really challenging workout. Well, let's talk. Let's get into a little bit more detail of, 
because I think the amp sessions are what is so breakthrough and awesome and uh, creative that we did here. Totally patting ourselves. <laughs> we are so awesome, so cool, and so smart. <laughs> that sounded really fucking bad. <laughs> I think that weed ball scene. But you know, I'm sitting here and I'm, 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 I'm forgetting that we Again. we haven't talked about maps anywhere in so long, and it was it's a it's actually a fucking really cool program. I just most of we have we have access to a gym, you know, 99 percent of the time when we travel. I definitely incorporate maps anywhere, but it's one of those programs that uh, we kind of made and then we were on to the next thing and we didn't talk a lot about it. And the amp sessions are what were so cool. And I remember all of us when we took that trip to, to create that. Uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't know for sure what it was going to look like. In fact, I believed we were heading there to do something else originally. And it, and it, it cre- we ended up creating that. Yeah. And when we started doing it, uh, we all agreed like, okay, when we do this maps anywhere, like how this is to me is the widest group of people that will really choose this. Cause there's people at home that could be like 60 years old that really don't work out very much. They've got to be able to utilize this tool. Then we have the like traveling businessman or woman that's like hardcore workout, but then they want to use this like when they're mm-hmm. traveling uh, away from away from their gym. Like now, how do we create something that those are two totally different people that well, we would train differently? We did both. It was a really like crazy contrast between trying to uh, address like a lot of postural deviations and things that we see in in clients. So like at your your base level, like somebody that's just coming in, so a beginner, like what are like some of those things that strike out to us the most? And so we program that in uh, as, as, as far as like your foundational type uh, workouts, but then we added this option to really then intensify it. So then we can get somebody that's a little further along um, or even your beginner can kind of flirt a bit with going more on the intermediate side. But uh, we, we added that ability for you to really then ramp it up when you need to ramp it up. Here's the thing that we need to uh, talk a little bit about because uh, you, you started going a little bit on uh, in regards to body weight exercises. There is a unique quality that you gain from manipulating your body uh, with exercises versus manipulating weights around well, your body. Okay, it's so a very unique quality. So I, yeah. I'm, okay, I'm glad you said that. Now let's talk about why that is also a huge gimmicky reason why so many people market and sell to that. Because mm-hmm. this is something that uh, is like everything else that we talk about in the fitness industry is, so if you've got these body weight people, and if, you, and if you're like a body weight guru, because like, they're out there, those guys will spit the science out on you all day long on why it's superior. And there are reasons why it's very good for you where Sal's about to go. I know where he's going right now. I just want to make it clear that, you know, it's just like anything else. It's like mobility. It's like aesthetics. It's like all these things. People put themselves in camps and because there is great science supporting how awesome it is for you to do full body type movements. Well, I'll tell you body weight because the body, when you think about it, was intended to work that way. It was intended to do that when we started creating machines and putting you in stationary positions like where your your body's being supported by something else. That's really not how our body is intended to work. Well, I'll tell you what. All of our muscles work together. I'll tell you what. Yeah. um you get benefits that are distinct and superior with different forms of training. And I can say this with confidence that, first of all, the guys in this room, we neglect. Uh, Justin's probably the best at utilizing body weight training. I've utilized it in the past, and mm-hmm. I don't as much anymore. I've neglected it. And so we don't get the benefits of them, but we should. We should go out and do more of these things because training with body weight gives you 
distinct, specific uh, forms of strength, stability, and coordination that you simply do not get with weights. You simply don't. You don't get the same effect with a standing heavy uh, military press that you would with a handstand push-up. You just don't. Now, is one better than the other? depends on what you're looking for. If you want total body stability and body control, handstand push-ups are going to kick the shit out of a military press. It just is. If you can stand on your hands and press your body up in the air, you have superior body control. Is it superior for just overall strength and power? No. Then a military press is going to give you more of that. Does that mean you're one is very better? connected doing That's it. it. Does, it, does yeah. that mean one's better than the other? Again, it depends on what you're looking for. And the best option is to utilize both. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. best option. And that's the point I was trying because to they, make. Because they that contribute to each. If I do... They look, help each other out. Yes. If, I do, if I'm doing you know, body rows, I'm going to get a different benefit than if I do a barbell row. If I do you know, exercises manipulating my body through space, I'm going to get different benefits than I'm, when I'm manipulating weight through space. And if you constantly have always for a long time trained with weights, and we're all look, our, our MO is changing things up, but doing it in a way that's programmed. It's not just going and haphazardly you know, putting things together. Um, and by the way, this is, this is something I'm constantly reminded of. I mean, I'm, right now I'm going back through Maps Red, which I haven't done in a long time, and it's blowing me the fuck away. Why? Because I got stuck in the, I'm going to the gym and just going to pick what I want to do mm-hmm. type of thing, and I know what I'm doing type of deal. When you actually follow programming designed for specific goals, it always blows you away, and Maps Anywhere will give you something. I don't care how much you lift weights and how long you've been working out. Do a cycle of maps anywhere mm-hmm. and go back to the gym. It'll complement all the rest it'll of your com- workouts. It'll complement anything and everything. And here's the thing. People think about these at-home workouts as like, oh, I'm just going to stay at home and do this because I'm not going to the gym and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, more convenient. Dude, take your maps anywhere and go to the fucking park. Go to the hills. Go and hike. Go to the beach and do this shit. Fun as hell. Yeah. I took my maps anywhere workouts on, my, on the road when I was uh, traveling, when I drove – you know, all the way from up from down here, we're in San Jose, and I drove all the way up to uh, Spokane, uh, Washington. And along the way, we made stops and we went camping. I was doing my maps anywhere workouts. And they were very challenging, very different. I came back to lift weights uh, here at the gym, um, and uh, I felt uh, if, it's hard to explain, but you definitely Justin says it right. You feel more connected to the weights that you're lifting. You feel more stable, and when you have better body connection because you can man- manipulate your body through space. You have a different. It's a different uh, confidence that you feel when you're just walking around. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I could get down on the ground and move and do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I trained consistently bodyweight type stuff was when I was uh, grappling a lot, when I was doing lots of jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And you do feel this. Uh, it's a different feeling uh, in terms of mobility. It's, it's and, full body control. Yeah, it's full body control, and you and we lose that when we do a lot of. And this is why we talk so much against like machines because nothing could get you away from that faster mm-hmm. than somebody who does machine at least when you're doing like overhead barbell squat or over barbell press and squatting and deadlifting these are big gross motor movements that requires your body entire body to speak to each other but yeah, a if lot you, more stabilization has to happen yeah, to make that work and we 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 a lot or not we we because we talk a lot about it but a lot of trainers and people overlook this and don't think it's a big deal and and you know as trainers for as long as we have 
man, that is something that makes a huge difference, especially as your clients age. If they start neglecting those type of movements and they start thinking that just because they're going to the gym and walking on the treadmill and they're going doing through all their machine exercises, they're doing great things. Like, no, they're not. In fact, they may be progressing on the you know their hammer strength machine that they do. Oh, I'm up to 90 pounds now, and like they're all excited. It's like, yeah, but you can't even like get up off the ground for like a Turkish get up. Yes, like, like that would benefit you so much more. Yeah, like overall strength connectivity. Think like, about the range of benefits that you're going to get from your exercise. The more limited you do with the exercise, the more controlled that exercise is, then more narrow the range of the benefits. <laughs> the less control, the less uh, uh, you know, the, the narrow the scope or the or, or the restriction you know, restrictions. The more range of uh, the more range of benefits you're going to get. And I'll give you an example. If, if I took a gymnast and I ha- and I compared them to a power lifter of the same size, uh, both let's say they're both 150 pounds. One's a power lifter. One's a gymnast. The gymnast is going to have a much wider variety of, mm-hmm. of applications of their strength than the powerlifter. The powerlifter is going to be much more narrow in their scope and can definitely out squat, out deadlift, yeah. and you know uh, out bench the gymnast. But the gymnast is going to be able to do a lot more shit. Now, from an aesthetic point of view, I'm going to tell you something right now. You can you look if you do body weight based movements and you progress them because let me tell you something there's some very simple body weight movements that require very little coordination and then you can take that shit to the millionth degree that require lots of coordination and skill that strength is applied to it can apply to so many different things you do well, in your life and, and you'll is, look so aesthetic my god the, they look amazing this is the science yep. behind the amp sessions this yes. is how we created the amp sessions was with this this concept of you know, here's your foundational stuff. It's the inverse of all of our other programs. So yeah. our other programs, we have these big foundational days, then we have these intermittent, like, small mobility or uh, focus or, um, you know, uh, uh, what you call it, sessions. Trigger sessions. Trigger sessions. So, you know, these these small, these are only supposed to be, like, 15, 20 minutes. Well, in, in the Maps Anywhere, it's the, it's the flip. The AMP sessions are the most intense. Yeah, the AMP sessions are the longest, the most intense, and we teach you how to progress it. So, like, okay, if you're this is your first week or two of doing this, this is only how many exercises you need to do. This is the intense. This is how you should be pushing yourself. And then as you progress, these type of movements are much more challenging. Mm-hmm. You can start ch- starting to challenge the body like this and then being this long and this intense. So, it, I mean, really, the, the way we developed it was – when it was done, it was pretty exciting. Uh, I, for somebody who does, I don't work out at home very often at all, although I do. It's not common in comparison uh, to how much I work out in a gym. And I was really pumped about it after we did it. I know? think like anybody, we get stuck in our in our favorite, you know, our favorite modes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you what, here's one of the best ways you can use Maps Anywhere because the whole program is, it's programmed out and it's shorter the phases are shorter than you would find with uh, our other MAPS programs. One of the best ways you can incorporate MAPS anywhere, I'm going to tell you right now, is to, let's say you're doing MAPS Anabolic, and then you're going to follow that up with maybe MAPS Performance or MAPS Aesthetic. Inject MAPS anywhere in between those two cycles. Do, uh, you know, you finish your MAPS uh, Anabolic, now do your cycle of MAPS anywhere before you move on to your ne- next MAPS program, and then watch what happens. And here's what I like to do with it. Take your map, like I said, take your maps anywhere workout and go outside mm-hmm. with it. Go do some different shit with it. Uh, bring your friends with you. Make it a different, um, a different experience. There's a lot you're going to benefit. Uh, there's a lot of benefit you're going to get from just changing the environment. Don't even have to stay at home. All Not- new energy, man. I swear that, that. I mean, I've noticed that from body weight training specifically, but also, yeah. 
going outside, bringing the kettlebell with me. It's a totally different type of stimulation and, and energy and, and what, what I get out of the workout because now I feel like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a different mindset even. Yeah. And, uh, have you done workouts outside? I know you live near the. Yeah, you know, and and intermittently I'll do it. Uh, almost like you said, like I'll I'll really stick to the gym, you know, for a couple of weeks, and and that's my thing. Then and you then, go outside, and then I realize that I I really love to work out outside. I I, I almost enjoy it like equally. Yep, that's so. that's one of the way. That's one of the best ways to use it. I would say. Well, say it as it is, girl. What does your food intake look like on weekends compared to weekdays? Hmm. Uh, I guess this may be more of a personal, right? What we do, what each of us do. Yeah, and the question was yeah, well, also... I think we're probably all a little bit different on this. Yeah, sure. and the question is, it was more specific. Like she said, or he, I don't know. Oh, say it is as a girl. It's probably a girl. Um, what, <laughs> say it is as yeah. a girl. Yeah. What, <laughs> probably. What, what does our food diary look like? So I think that they want to know a little more specifically like what we do. So um, my my nutrition varies uh, can vary quite a bit, but lately what I've been doing is in the morning... Uh, before I, I wake up at five, uh, I make myself, uh, I, I drink Camara coffee in the morning cause I work out early in the morning. I love using that as a pre-workout. I'll put, uh, if I feel like I need more calories, I'll put two or three tablespoons of, uh, MCT oil. I'll put a tablespoon of, uh, butter. Sometimes I'll add even more coconut oil. Then I'll blend that up and then I'll go work out. So that's when I start my day off. Then depending on my energy levels, if I feel like, you know, I, I need like, again, I need more food or whatever. One of my kind of go-to meals uh, when I come back after my workout is I'll have some sardines, some avocado, a large plate of cooked vegetables, sometimes some bacon. Um, then later in the day for dinner, uh, it's it could be you know lamb and another large serving of vegetables. If I'm going to have carbohydrates, which I will have sometimes, not a lot, but sometimes, then I'll have either um, some 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 rice or some quinoa. Um, and on the weekends, God, how does it change on the weekends? Typically on the weekends I eat, depends if I'm eating over someone's house, uh, like my mom's house or something like that, I'll eat a lot more. My mom knows how I like to eat. So if she's making pasta, uh, if I say I'm going to eat some pasta, then she'll make me gluten-free pasta. If I, if I say, no, mom, I don't want to have any, any starches, then she just may make some, uh, you know, how they make the pasta with the, like the spaghetti squash or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit less, uh, starchy. And then usually, you know, my mom will make meat and vegetables and lots of other things. But I, I, I follow my body uh, pretty on a pretty intuitive basis. So I, I kind of listen to it. Last night, we went out to dinner with some friends, you know, the, the Mind Pump crew. And I ate, you know, some bread, which I rarely ever do. Um, and I had a drink. I had what a was Moscow. that drink you introduced me to? Moscow Mule. Moscow oh Mule. my dude, I was tasty, never huh? Never had that before. You've never had a Moscow Mule, dude. I'm not a drinker. That was fucking. Phenomenal. I haven't had one in forever. Oh, it's, it's delicious. Yeah, it and just, it's, it's stronger than you think. Well, too. you drink one of them, you're like, oh. here's what I liked strong, about. It. Yeah. And this, I don't like alcohol. It just upsets me, dude. I don't feel good after I drink. Like I wish I had that. That well, I don't wish because then I would probably like <laughs> doing it all the time. So it's probably a blessing in disguise. It's a curse, dude. It's a curse. That was a, a very enjoyable drink. I it felt like it gave me a nice little kick. It went down smooth. It just felt good on my stomach, too. Mm -hmm. What's the combination? There's something in it's there that's... ginger beer. Oh, the ginger ale. Huh? Vodka. Vodka, yeah. Is it ginger beer Didn't or ginger ale? Vodka or ginger beer. Gin, but yeah, I think vodka. vodka yeah. And then and then with a lime or something like that? Yes. 
I think it's, it's you think it's a ginger beer because you know ginger is really good for upset stomach. And it, I tell you, that was like I. It felt so good going. I was like, whoa! I never order a second. You one. had two. Yes, that's right. I told Justin, like, give me another one. Yeah. These things were killer. Has that nice spice because of the ginger? Oh yeah. man, that's Moscow Mule, huh? Uh-huh, now, I, is it rare to find it at places? Because I feel like Not I've never much. seen anybody drinking Not it. And they always, and they, in a good place, Why we serve it, it in a copper I mug. Used to, yeah, certain bars, I would order that like a long time ago when I was in Chicago, but they were like more swanky kind of bars. So No, now you find them almost anywhere. I found them. Uh, really? Yeah, I've had, I've had a couple now. That is so fascinating to me that at 35 years old, and I haven't fucking <laughs> never had one or seen one before. That's only the third time I've had one. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who introduced you to them? I'm, uh, you got oh, you know my friends that I used to go. Uh, we would go to the Delta. Remember, we get. We, I don't know if I told you guys, but I have some friends. We'd go on the Delta and we'd rent one of those houseboats. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of them, a brilliant guy. He's a he's a, a psychiatrist, but on, in his spare time, he oh, yeah, takes he classes on bartending. He makes all the drinks and he makes he... all these exotic drinks. And he was just making a bunch of shit. And he's like, "Hey, what do you, you know? Do you like alcohol?" And I'm like, "No, I hate the taste of it." So he's like, "I bet you like this." And he made me a Moscow Mule and he oh, put it in wow. a copper See, cup. He knew. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm telling you, it was very uh, it was quite the experience for me because I don't like alcohol. I really don't. I'm, and I always I'm, I'm always open to like trying different drinks when I'm out. Like I like to be social. You know, I'm going to be the guy like, "No, I don't. I have water." Yeah. You know, like <laughs> we got eight. We last night we're with uh, we're with. Kyle Kyle Kingsbury, we're with uh, Ben Greenfield. We've got uh, Art of Charm, Jordan with us, uh, podcaster. We got Janine from Brain FM. We got all these like it's like testosterone at the table, and I'm like everyone's going around ordering drinks. I'm like, I'll have water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have a water. And then I, I saw the then I saw the Moscow. I wouldn't Mule have thought less of you. Come did. out in like this barrel cup, and I'm like, fucking, hey, I want one of those. <laughs> like, it's a is, sweet drink that's a, manly. God me, oh, damn yeah, it! Me, thank you. Yeah, Friggin', yeah thank you for awesome. once. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, every uh, every day I have one of those. No, I'm just <laughs> no. That was no. So who's next with the? I, well, I just totally yeah. sidetracked this. I apologize okay. for that, but uh, it's been putting true mind pump. No, well, I know. I wanted to bring that up because I was it was very new to me. So I like to mm-hmm. share that. Uh, anyways. What does your food intake look like on weekends compared? Okay, so this is kind of cool because I felt like um, we talk about kind of aha moments that we've had in training or times that uh, we really grew uh, as far as coaches or trainers uh, with our clients. This was this was something for me when, uh, and I remember it was it really started when the body bug came out. So this was like two thousand and six or so, somewhere around there. And, and basically the body bug was like the very body media was the first company that did, um, like the Fitbit tool, you know, could track your steps and it was uh, pretty accurate to your BMR. So you could get an idea of what your expenditure was. And it was actually like nine, it's like 94% accurate. So that's pretty accurate in comparison to what any tools we had before, especially in comparison to guessing. Yeah, exactly. Especially in comparison to guessing. And that's really the way I use it. I didn't get so hung up on the precise amount of calories as much as like, these patterns that I would notice with not only my own life, but with my clients' lives. And so this forever changed the way I eat. It used to be that, you know, Monday through Friday, I was dialed eating-wise, trained hard. And then if I was going to let loose, it was going to be the weekends on Saturday and Sunday, and I would just eat mindlessly. And if I was going to have drinks, I'd go out or eat out, like that would be it. And if I was going to take a day off the gym, that's what I would do. So that was kind of like my pattern. And um, I always felt, even as a trainer, um, I always felt like I was stuck in this, I could get in good shape, but I could never get in like phenomenal shape, like cover of a magazine. And I felt like for as much knowledge as I have and experience I have, and I think I have good work ethic, I should have that. Like this is a fresh, this was a very frustrating thing for me. 
And one of the biggest glaring moments I had was when I started to track these things and I noticed that, holy shit, on Saturday and Sunday, my steps are literally like 50% of what they are Monday through Friday. And on top of that, like the worst food choices I was making was on Saturday and Sunday. So I was over consuming and I wasn't moving enough and it was enough to, no matter how hard you I just worked. just threw everything off. Yeah, it was enough just to keep me there. Like, I stayed in good shape, and I was fine. And, and this is why, too, when I, when I explain and I share this with clients, I say, listen, it, it's really about your goals. So if you tell me that part of your goals are Saturday and Sunday, you want to enjoy yourself with your friends, and you want to eat kind of mindlessly, and you don't care about getting in, in even better shape than you're already currently in, then by all means, I think there's nothing wrong with living that way. But for me, I was trying to get to the next level of fitness and I was frustrated that I couldn't get there. So when clients tell me, you know, what do I need to do? And I said, well, one of the, one of the biggest things that ever helped me was assessing my daily activity and then learning how to eat accordingly. So I eat a certain way Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday is very unique um, and Sal says he eats uh, very intuitively, and I guess that, I guess you would call it that way for me. Although I, I feel like I've tracked so much that I, I know that on Saturday and especially Sunday, and right now it's football season. So literally on a Sunday, I literally can there. I, there's a day. There's days where like I don't go outside until like it's like eight o'clock at night because I had to go out to my car or something. I'm like, holy shit! Like I literally stayed inside all day and long. Just watch football. Yeah, watch football, yeah. especially if it's a rainy day, an easy day to give that excuse that I'm going to stay in. And that that results in no joke, like a thousand step day for me total from just walking around the house. And it results in literally 1,500 less calories I burn than on a normal day. That's a fucking huge difference. And if on top of that, if that's the day that I would normally have poor habits where I would eat pizza or yeah. have a Sunday fun day. It's with, the combo of both. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. it's like literally the coup de gras for sure. And for me, I was like, once I learned that, I realized that, okay, now I need to uh, re, like strategize like what's a, a good way for me to, to make it through these weekends. So that's actually when I do a lot of fasting. So for me, um, Saturday and Sundays, because I know how little I move, I have my morning coffee, which is just like Sal's coffee. And then I try not to eat the rest of the day until the yeah. evening time. And I go all day because I know I'm not moving very much. And the, what the, the coffee really helps me, it helps suppress the appetite. So I've done it before where... Well, there's also that association with like sitting down, watching TV and wanting to eat. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and what people don't realize is once you do a little bit, so, and, and this is something I, I found was, you know, I would say, oh, I mean, pretty good. But then I would, I, if I would just ingest enough carbohydrates, it would promote more hunger. And though, even though I didn't need the calories, I wasn't burning anymore, but because I, and, and I now ate and now I introduced all these carbs into my system. Now you're hungry. Now I'm hungry. So then I'm really fighting it. And then I don't want to be miserable watching football all day. I'm like, I'm not going to lay here all day long and be like, oh, I'm hungry, like a little bitch. I'm going to go eat. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but I learned that, okay, some strategies for me that have really helped me is, okay, I'll have that coffee, which you know, with the coconut oil and the butter is really high in fat, that totally satiates me. Or sometimes uh, in some mornings uh, on Saturday or Sunday, Katrina will get up and she'll make breakfast for us. And that's when I have my whole eggs, cheese, avocado, eight, eight to 10 pieces of bacon, and then my coffee. So I have this really high fat meal in the morning and then I don't eat the rest of the day mm -hmm. until maybe late that evening. And I have a, a smaller meal to hold me off before I go to bed. What about you, Justin? <laughs> I'll make this really short. <laughs> <laughs> no i think um i struggle with the same same kind of uh, mentality on the weekends i'm definitely uh, more likely to go out 
and I think that's what I had to really, um, you know, find out and assess and, and figure out a better strategy. I definitely have more control during the week. So for me during the week, um, I can pretty much manage, um, you know, when I'm eating and if I even need to eat, like I tend to, I tend to fast quite a bit more during the week just because of, I stay busy and, uh, I make better decisions, you know, based off of like, okay, now typically I'll, I'll wake up, I'll have a coffee and then I'll let that go, uh, till two o'clock or, or usually like maybe even four or five o'clock till I get home. And it's not really an issue for me, but on the weekends, I'm, I'm going to try and get out of the house. Mm. And that's the whole thing. I have to get out of the house with my kids. And, and, and that's the thing too. When you have kids, like getting out of the house a lot of times means let's, it's let's like everything. Dude. Yeah. Let's go yeah, get, let's get lunch. Go get, Cause you know, that's, that's, that's the trap, you know, with the social component of it. It's like, it is something to do. Yeah. You know, even getting coffee is something to do, you know? So I used, so now I've, I've made better decisions with that where I would get like some kind of uh, croissant or, you know, like, like some, some kind of pastry, some frappuccino with, yeah. I don't eat donuts, but <laughs> yeah. some sprinkles. Yeah. Some sprinkles. <laughs> yeah. They're like milkshakes now. Yeah. Get one of those, you know, cause I'm treating myself on the weekend, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I had to, I had to sort of like realize that about myself cause that could get, that could become a thing really quickly. And, and then the other thing was just like adding more activity. So I've, you know, over the last, you know, few months, even I've really just, like I, I'm sorry, dude, but I don't watch football. I don't watch sports. I don't watch any any shit on TV at all anymore on the weekends. <laughs> it's it's like it both sucks and it, it's both good for me. Mm. You know, like I'm so much more in tuned with like you know, kind of reconnecting with my family and making it all about that time for me because I'm so like consumed during the week with business and and there, you know on the weekends it's like. I really need to catch up and step up my game. So, uh, you know, I've just eliminated watching uh, anything on TV and then I'll tape it if it's like a really good game. And I, I'm like, ah, I have to see this. Like I'll, I'll make sure and tape it in case I miss it. But yeah, I've totally changed the, <laughs> my, the way my weekends look, dude. You know how old we sound? The fact that you just said tape, you it. tape it. I heard the same thing. <laughs> Did I say tape it? Oh, man. You said tape it like twice. DVR. <laughs> your VHS. TVO. Anything would have been better than that. <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you yeah. fucking tape it's it. all the gray hairs coming out. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I can't. All, I have this. Um, you know, it's funny, like certain words or smells or sounds that gives like a memory, you know, and like saying tape or cassette or anything like that. It just gives me this memory as a kid. When I was probably, God, let's see here, I was at the Don Pedro house, so I, it had to have been fourth grade or earlier, however old you are in fourth grade, of jumping out of the pool. And we had this doughboy, and we had a deck around our doughboy, and jumping out of the pool and like running to my uh, stereo that I had, or, or boombox, you know, that I had plugged outside listening, where I had my blank tape inside. Oh, to record and a cause, song cause on the radio? My, yeah, my, yeah. Th- my favorite song finally got played. I've been swimming outside for yep. three hours waiting for my song to get played so I could record it and listen to it over and over and over, right? <laughs> And it comes on, you know, it's like, oh, and there's your favorite song from uh, in or in former snow. Fucking jump out of the pool, you know, slipping all over and like sliding, boom, hit the record button. Like, yes, I got it now. Now I can play it on repeat all fucking day. Oh, yeah. Snow. Those are the days. You knew that song, though, Justin. I did. Of course. Informer. You know, it is. What the fuck does he say there? Fucking great Somebody. Great song. Please write it to us. All right. C. Stauf 2. If you had a nine to five desk job, what would your workout meal schedule be? This totally offends me. 
Why? <laughs> because Shut we, up. Because <laughs> <laughs> we started off that way. No, uh, you could, we could get offended by this because I think uh, he or they she- They make it sound like, like oh, you guys get to like you know have all the time in the world to yeah, work at. Yeah, yeah. And I know, uh, I know I'm yeah. just kidding because I know she didn't mean it that way. But in the rest of the question, uh, reference that, you know, you know if we, we had a, if we had a nine to five job because we have these flexible schedules where we, I'll tell you what, just like any other profession, it is no different than the fitness profession. Uh, if you build homes for a living, one of the hardest things or one of the last things you ever do is build a home for yourself. If you clean houses for a living, you normally have a pigsty of a house. If you know what I'm saying, like if you're a shoemaker, you have the worst shoe. Like it's just how it works. Like when you do a job and we do fitness for a living, one of the actually hardest things is to discipline ourselves to always do fitness and work out all the time because we live and breathe it. And sometimes you just want a, a break from it. So that being said, uh, I don't think uh, it's any easier. I think when I've been in jobs where I did kind of a nine to five, it was actually easier because then I, I like mm-hmm. the schedule. I knew. Well, you look forward to a lot more being in the gym. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like because that's that's a part of your day that's different than your your job. Yeah, especially because nine to five desk jobs sucks. Oh, <laughs> like, give me the fuck out of here. Terrible. Well, and, and, I, and it forces you uh, to organize, to plan, to schedule the workout. Where you know because we we do have this flexibility. You say that also makes it easier to procrastinate it even more because mm-hmm. it's like oh well, I'll get to it later. You know for this is a priority right now. We need to work. We need to record this. We got to do these videos. Well, we got finish this up let's do that and then we can, we'll get to our well, i'll tell you what uh i god let's see i've been working professional and fitness since i was 18 up until we started uh going full-time mind pump i n- did not get i started work before nine and i'd never got off work before eight or nine p.m when i was managing gyms it was a yeah. it was it was an eight or nine a.m to 10 p.m job six days a week so i was there all the time and i would do it in the middle but if i had a nine to five job I would do it in the morning before work. And I recommend for people who do have a nine to five job to do that because I know it's harder to do, but statistically speaking, if you make it the first thing you do in the day, you're more consistent. You're more consistent. It's more difficult. It tends to be more difficult to do it after work because things pop up during the day that kind of get in the way. But if Mm -hmm. it's the first thing you do when you wake up, it tends to be something you don't move, you know, on your schedule. So that's the first thing. I recommend that. And look, I'll tell you what, the clients that I've had that have trained before work, always the most clients. Those are always. Those are the ones you have forever. Average, your early birds. And when you go to the gym, when I would manage gyms, the the morning crowd was very consistent. It was the same people all the time. The night crowd used to shift with the wind, man, and the season and whatever. So I would recommend if you have nine to five desk job, work out in the morning before you go to work, before you get stressed, before anything hits you, and you tend to feel more energetic and better throughout the day. As far as meal schedule is concerned, well, that's totally up to you. Um, I like to fast until about 2 p.m., so I guess you could probably still do that with a 9-to-5 job. Fast until 2, eat, and then have your dinner when you get home. If you like to eat breakfast, I guess you could eat it after your morning workouts. So yeah, that's what I would do. I, I don't think our I don't think our eating, any of our eating schedules would be any different. Yeah, I don't think so. None of us eat based off of a clock. Yeah. So the, the, the time of the day, like... And the way I look at it is if I'm hungry and I'm not around the food I need to get, I'll just stay fasted until I can get around the food I can I want to eat or should be eating, mm-hmm. and then I'll eat it. And then if I if that means I went by two or three meals, I'll just have a, a much larger meal. I think that's a, a big message that we've we've tried to get across to people is that this is something that we're trying to change in the industry is that you know these uh, myths about you know, meal timing and you have to eat every, it's optimal to eat every two to three hours. And it's like, no, it's, it's not optimal. It's not, in fact, it's not optimal. It's not ideal. 
Um, I think it. We we've talked that it we, it creates more bad habits than I think it may creates good habits. There's there's some things to say about it as far as somebody I think who's competing and has to track and weigh and measure and, and I mean as a sport you do that like of course I could see the benefits that I, I utilize it but the rest of my life when I'm being a normal human being you know I I eat uh, I don't eat by the clock ever so. Uh, the nine to five desk job thing wouldn't change the eating, the workout thing. Uh, I somewhat disagree with Sal. Uh, I agree with both Sal and Justin, hundred percent best clients, uh, most consistency in people is the morning crowd. So if you are a morning person and that, and that is, I think that is the best time, but I am so not a morning person that all the times that I've tried to become a morning person and make this part of my routine, I fail at and there's statistics to show that you'll be more successful doing what you will be more consistent at. So if you if you continue to fail at trying to become a morning person and that's and you and you find yourself hitting the snooze button because you're like I'm tired and that's more of a priority than my workout and then you fuck it off the rest of the day because you don't get up in the morning and that's and so you're a failure at that like no then I would restructure it and I would work out for me I got to work out in the mid afternoon I have to have been awake mm-hmm. for several hours had my cup of coffee interacted with some humans had some water like I need to be have gone like this is how my body works I don't have that ability to I wish I did though, because when I, I tell you what, when I do get up at six, it does make the rest of the day super awesome. But it, I have, I'm not a morning person. Well, I'll I'm, tell like, you I'm a bear to get I'll up. T- in the I'll tell you what, it, it, if you start I working out, if you start that. working out in the morning, it takes time. But your body, to body you get your body doesn't it. get adapted, and you start to feel best, and you you have good performance in the morning. Your body starts to adapt to the times you train, and they'll find that your performance tends to be best at the times you tend to ask your body to perform. So, you know, saying, you know, when people say I'm not a morning person, not an evening person, there's definitely some truth to that. But there's also, look, uh, if you have kids, if you have a nine to five job, you've got busy stuff going on. I'm telling you right now, there'll be a little bit of pain waking up in the morning and making it a habit. But once it becomes a habit, it's mu- you're much more likely to I agree consistent. with I agree with that. I definitely agree that it's, I mean, you will get adapted to it, You, but you have to make it through that process. You got to make it through that you, process. If you don't and, make it through that process and you continue to fail. Plus, gyms, then, gyms post, you know, gyms at, after 5 p.m., are you, they suck. Like, oh, yeah, no, they yeah. do. That's a horrible time to go to the Way gym to work out. Never, I'll, I'll tell, that's a first, the reason why, and that's another reason why I do like to work out between the 11 to 1. See, that's it's the slow. Best. Well, that's where we are is for, I, I'm in the same boat as far as like the one o'clock to two o'clock kind of schedule because it's dead in the gym. Yeah. I want the gym to myself. I do too. And so I got adapted to that, uh, that working out at that time in my schedule because it was just like my body like responded well to it. Obviously I had done it for a while, so I adapted to that time period, but yeah, I'm not a morning person either, dude. I can totally identify with yeah, that. Yeah, I just did. I and I enjoy the afternoon so much better for that reason too, because that's a big deal to me. I mean, we worked in big gyms for a really long time, and I, I like having it to myself. I don't like uh, you know waiting for equipment or you know having to create my re, you know redirect where I was going with my program because there's so well, many. Well, here, here's something else. Like I said, like the most cons- like managing gyms as long as I have. When you go in, when you're at, go to work, you notice trends. And there was a morning crowd that would come in that was very consistent. And it was a lot of the people in the gym in the morning. Like I could literally walk around my gym and I would see the same faces at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. And this is true across all gyms. For all sure. gym, Every gym I work at. Very consistent. And let me tell you something. If you start working out with that crowd, it will make you more consistent too. And I'll tell you why. 
a very big component to being consistent in the gym is the social component. And when you see the same faces and you've been doing it for a couple months, next thing you know, you're saying hi to the guy that you always see every morning and hi to that woman over there. And then you feel like you get to show up and see people that you know and work out. When you go prime time, when you go after work, six o'clock at night, you know, at night or whatever, that crowd changes a lot. Very rarely will you start to notice. You'll see a few people in there that are consistent, but if you work out at these big box gyms, it's 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 the different crowd all the time. You're going to work, and that also can make you feel less committed to your workout. There's all all these things add up to helping you be more consistent with your workout. So so, so spoken like a guy who trains in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you know what's it's, but well, you guys are. But here's the thing: you guys are all very motivated people. So for you, yeah. but put yourself in the shoes of the average person well, that no, needs every little thing to keep them motivated. Uh, well, yes and no. And I mean, here's the thing: I mean, she is asking us personally, so I think that's a very fair word answer because it's this is you personally but i think that i think everybody is very unique because a lot of things that you're saying right now is why i also like the afternoon like i and i'm surprised you're this is where i am surprised you're not like this like we're we've been in a lot of gyms in san jose for a very long time like i as much as i love people and i love people to say hi to me and stuff i also love my my time in the gym oh no 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 you're missing you're misunderstanding me like it's not just it's not for me i'm talking about for the average person for me I, i could give a shit if i go into a gym and know nobody i'm there to do my thing but if you're the average person consistency is an issue you it's usually you're more consistent when you go to the gym and you recognize people in fact we would we did studies uh, where we found if we switched our front desk staff too often, we would lose members. It was always good to have the same front desk staff on a consistent basis. Well, people saw, yeah, recognize not, people. I'm not, I'm not debating that. That's a, that's a different. That's a whole different argument with you with behavior and, and feeling comfort comfortable with your your routine your routine and your people that you're around. Like that's different. Like you know, if somebody is just truly not. Uh, doesn't like getting up in the morning. I think them working out at night. If if they if that doesn't bother them more than it, because I'm I agree with you too that a gym at night is just oh my god. I'd never work out. There's been times, especially before, the big box gym. Oh yeah, there's been the times. Zoo. I this yeah. happened to me just like a year or two ago where I walked into a 24 hour fitness at like 5:30 and it was just because I really wanted to get my workout in. It was the closest one. And I was like oh, I'm just gonna go right now. And I was like I hadn't been in a gym at that time, especially that gym in a long time. And I'll never forget walking in the weight room and not one pair of dumbbells was on the entire fucking rack. Yeah. And I was like, are you And fuck- all the 45s are on the leg press. Oh, bro. I, you're like, you asshole. I walked <laughs> and it, it was just like- It's not impressive. It was a zoo in there. And I was like, holy shit, look at this place. I'm like, I can't get a workout in here. Fuck this. I just walked out. And it's just like, I was so irritated. So that bothers me. That, and that may not bother me. In fact, somebody else- Maybe, like you said, connected to the social piece of it, and oh, they walk in and cr- and they're like, "Oh my God, there's Richard, and there's James. Yeah. Oh my God, there's Samantha. I've been wanting to say hi to her." And they're like, "Oh my God, they can't. They're so happy to be in the gym with all these these people, so they can say hi and be and the social." I don't. I mean, that that de- that detours me. So you got to kind of know yourself, and then know know the crowd, and know what that the morning time brings. Very business. Uh, uh, business people that are about their workout, they get in, they get out, they don't fuck around, they're consistent. Um, and I love training them as a trainer. Uh, your lunch crowd, those people I find very consistent too. Most of those people have an hour window. They're they're driving over. Yeah, they that's gotta, a good point. They're yeah. gonna bring their gym bag. They know they they're, they're sacrificing their lunch. Yeah, that's true. When other people are out eating for ninety minutes, they're getting their gym workout in and then it's eating. The, it's the evening crowd that shifts. Oh yeah, so much. Oh, the evening crowd is very very. Look, we're we're in November right now. Actually, in December, by the time this airs, it's December. December is very very slow in gyms. January, you get a whole shit ton of people to come and work out, mm-hmm. and most of them disappear by April. 
mm-hmm. you know, and and it, most of it is the prime time. You know, yeah. the mornings don't really change that much. It's that prime time hour. Yeah, I just th- I just think whatever whatever time that you can find consistency. Because uh, to me, that's why we struggle right now. Like I was just telling the boys yesterday, I was like, man. I have been really struggling with my consistency with my training. Now, for us, I'm a guy who's used to training six, seven days a week, so dropping down to three is like, oh, my God, for me. But that also part of letting go of that and being okay with that because I have different priorities right now is a, a, a struggle that I have too. But sharing with them that the I'm just been so inconsistent, and we have a fucking gym, yeah. I work in a gym, <laughs> a private one that I have yeah, whatever we want when we want. It's a different so, setup. Yeah, it's just you know, it's so. I bet it, if you got up in the morning and did it first thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. I would love to. I that's I, why I changed my time. Yeah, no, I know you did. Yeah. I'm sure you did that, and you trained yourself and got adapted to that. But it was a pain in the ass at first. I'll tell you that. The, the coffee helps a lot uh, in the morning. Um, it just gets me going. I you know I never used to drink coffee. Um, pre-workout, but it makes a big difference for me to get that that little caffeine buzz early yeah. on. See, but so. then I want to go to bed at like 7 o'clock when I'm up that early and I exercise too and, and literally from 6 to 10 p.m. is my time with Katrina. I mean, we're that's when we finally you get to catch up. go to bed up. at 10. So then I got to go to bed at like, no. Not if I'm getting up early and working out before that. Well, I wake up at 5. I go to bed at 10. No. That's plenty of time. Well, maybe because you, you fall right asleep. Oh, that's what it is? Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. You make sure you get a hand job before you go to sleep. Yeah, you use my brain FM. That helps. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for listening to Mind Pump. Listen, if you like our show, leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t shirt. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. And Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.